Hey family, welcome back to Jesus Time, where we get to talk all about what Jesus tells us in our times with him. And this morning, I am super excited. I guess I'm excited every time I talk about Jesus Time, so that's not new. (laughs) But God's word always has something new for me, and I know it has something new for you as well. And hopefully we can encourage each other. And today I want to encourage you guys with what I read in Jeremiah. I know. Is there anything encouraging in Jeremiah? (laughs) So for those of you who don't know who that is, he was one of the major prophets of God. And back in the day, back in the Old Testament, the prophets were the guys or gals who spoke on God's behalf to God's people. So the people didn't really have direct access to God. They had to go through uh, the prophets or even through the Levitical priests. And so that was the case here. And Jeremiah's message is usually for the entire book, a downer to the entire nation of Israel. So it's sometimes it's hard to read because you're like, come on, Israel, get with the program. Just, just do what God says already. Just do it. But you know, we are like Israel too, aren't we? Sometimes we, we just want what we want and, and it's hard to hear what God is saying to us because we don't like it or, or, or we just are fixated on the thing in front of us instead of on God. So we can relate. I can relate. And this particular passage, we're going to look at Jeremiah 42 and the message God gave through Jeremiah and what that reveals about Israel's heart and even our hearts. So at this point, the entire nation of Israel was uh, captive under this Babylonian empire. So they were not free. They were not, they did not have their own nation, their own land. They did, but they didn't obey God and I, I don't want to go through all the backstory, but but the important thing is they were in this place they didn't want to be. And so what would usually happen is Israel would kind of forget about God until they were in distress, and then they would cry out to God, God help. And that's kind of what happened here. So they knew Jeremiah was the prophet of God, so they went to him, uh, and they said this in Jeremiah 42 starting in verse three, pray that the Lord, your God will show us what to do and where to go. So they were in this place. They were in this Babylonian captivity ish. And they're like, please tell us what God wants us to do here. And then they go on in verse six, whether we like it or not, we will obey the Lord, our God to whom we are sending you with our plea. For if we obey him, everything will turn out well for us. Okay, so as I was reading this, I just had this red flag pop up in my head. Not even knowing what came next. I'm thinking, really, Israel? For if we obey him, everything will turn out well for us. This sounds like a loaded prayer, like a prayer that is not meant to seek God's will, but to ask God to give us what we want. 
Were they looking at obedience to God as a means to ease? Were they using God as a way to get the idol they craved? Lord, we are uncomfortable in this place. Can you please help us so we can have what we want? Mm. Guys, I've been guilty of that. (laughs) I have been guilty of that because when I want what I want, I just want it, period. And what's interesting here, going back to the Israelites, they looked at Egypt as a place they could return where life was easy. Now, if you are not familiar with this story, I will give you a quick recap. The entire nation of Israel was captive. They were slaves in Egypt. I mean, if you've ever seen the Ten Commandments or Prince of Egypt, which is a really great cartoon that they made of the story, they were they were slaves in Egypt and they they were treated harshly, but they didn't remember any of that. All they remembered is, you know what? Life was easy there. We had food and shelter and routine. How how interesting and how coincidental they forgot that enslavement, and maybe they. Maybe they just were hungry or maybe they were used to not working for what they wanted. I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. So they go and they ask Jeremiah, please tell us what God is telling you so we'll know what to do and where to go. We promise we'll obey whatever it is. Okay. So the scriptures tell us that it's 10 days later that God told Jeremiah what to say. uh, Jeremiah received the message God has for Israel. And this was the message. Don't go back to Egypt, exclamation point. That's in verse 19. And he explains it. God explains it through Jeremiah. Stay where you are. Live your lives trusting me in this place and I will protect and prosper you. God literally said those words. Stay here. Don't worry about this king. I'll take care of him. I'll protect you under his reign. If you stay, you're going to be blessed because I'll bless you. I got you. But if you go, if you leave this place and try to go back to Egypt, I'm going to curse you. And here's here's the thing, you guys. They didn't listen. They did not listen. And before they even have a chance to respond... God knew. God knew their hearts. God knows our hearts. And in God's response through Jeremiah, he adds this starting in verse 20 through 22. For you were not being honest when you sent me to pray to the Lord, your God for you. You said, just tell us what the Lord, our God says, and we will do it. And today I have told you exactly what he said, but you will not obey the Lord your God any better now than you have in the past. So you can be sure that you will die from war, famine, and disease in Egypt where you insist on going. Wow. God already knew at the moment they prayed, please tell us where to go, what to do. We'll obey whatever you say, whether we like it or not. God knew they didn't mean it. 
God knew they were not being honest. You guys, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And where I am tempted to judge them, where I am tempted to say, come on, Israel, I have to hold up a mirror to myself. And I have to ask myself, okay, Gisela, what's your Egypt? What is it that you really want? That you're asking God, hey, God, whatever you say, I'll do it. But really, I want this thing. And if God doesn't give it to me, I'm going to go get it anyway. Oh, and you know, I, I'll be honest, in this moment, I think it might be a nap or, I don't know, probably, probably comfort. Very similar to the Israelites. Uh, times change, people don't, guys. And I, and I have, I, but I just have to be honest about it. And I think in my Jesus time where God is inviting me to look, maybe inviting us to look, is not, not so much, hey, where are your, where is your Egypt? Or what does that look like for you? But I think there's even more so an invitation of just be honest about it. God can work with honesty because I think there is a humility in honesty. And we know from the scriptures that God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. He opposes them. I don't want that. Do you want that? Nope. <laughs> nope. Ugh. And I think, I just think that's very challenging but that's so important, being honest, being honest. And you know, even as I'm speaking now, I think God brought something to mind. And I think this might be an example of what that looks like. Okay, so the other day, my dog got lost again. I know, this girl, this dog. There was a hole in our fence we were not aware of and she escaped and we had to go look for her. So I was walking around in, I don't know, 97 degree weather at 95% humidity for an hour looking for this dog. And whereas the last time she got lost, I was really broken and, and fearful and sad. This time I was just angry. I was angry at the stupid dog and I was angry at God. And I remember praying to him and saying to him, Lord, I have no idea what you're doing. I do not understand your purpose here. What could possibly be your goal? What is the perspective I could possibly need to gain here? And I was just mad. I was mad at God. And all I wanted to do was find this dog and get home into some AC. I just wanted what I wanted. <laughs> and in that moment, I was able to just be honest with God and say, God, I can't even pray right. I can't even pray to you right now because I'm so angry and that's where I am. I'm sorry, Lord. This is it. This is what, this is what I am before you. And you guys, <laughs> God is so sweet. He can work with honesty. He can work with that humility. I ran into a friend who I typically do not run into on walks. I ran into her and I spoke with her for a minute and I shared where I was and I shared with her, yes, I'm just angry and I'm frustrated. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry. I can keep an eye out. And I said, thanks. And then she shared some very encouraging news from her life. And it changed my attitude and it changed my posture. I walked away from that conversation saying, oh, God, you are still good and good things are still happening. And yes, I'm still frustrated. 
And God, I'm just appealing to your mercy and your goodness. Please help us find this dog before this thing we have to go to this afternoon. You guys. And not five minutes after that, my friend calls me. Hey, did you lose your dog? Guys, (laughs) no joke, no joke. And so I'm... So I guess the Jesus time and the the takeaway here for me and hope, hopefully for you too is it should not surprise us or discourage us when our hearts come to this place where we are before God wanting what we want and not caring what he says. That happens. But if we are honest and come before God with an honest prayer, unlike the Israelite example in Jeremiah 42 God can change our hearts. Isn't that encouraging? I'm so encouraged. Thank you, Jesus. Guys, I hope you're blessed. I hope that your Jesus times renew you, fill you, challenge you. And I hope that when you see me, you can share your Jesus times with me. I love you guys so much. God bless.